What's up, y'all? Welcome to Mixtape Memories. My name is Abel. Today's guest is my good friend, Sayer. Sayer and I met at UC Santa Cruz. Today we talk about all kinds of music, specifically the music that was listened to at the Red Room in Santa Cruz, California. This was a big kicked spot and it's an inspiration for all this conversation. But it doesn't just stay there. It goes all sorts of different places, as you will soon hear on this episode of Mixtape Memories. So sit back and enjoy. We go help y'all see clear. Well, here it comes, no different style When you first told me about this, I was really, really hopeful that I would ha- be able to find an old mixtape that somebody had made for me because one, like, uh, the, the exchange is you're getting made smarter and cooler and wiser, uh, when someone shows you stuff, when yeah. you're showing someone else stuff, that's a lot of like ego in a way. Right. Right. And red radio is a combination of that. Red Radio is, so I ran a bar called Red, second floor of the Santa Cruz Hotel, right after college. And it was just like this, like, you know, lots of red leather, velour seats, antique furniture, lots of, like, uh, polished wood, um, big, long bar. Just had this very, like, uh, body sort of feel to it. And, uh, you know, I was a hip-hop kid my whole life, but had, through researching samples and finding samples for our own music had gotten really into jazz and soul music. And so through the music that we played, like just off iPods for the ambient music there, and then also the DJs that we had come in and spin, um, we started really cultivating this like musical identity for the place. And it fit the way the place looked, and it was just part of the vibe. And it, this is a college town, right? Like most people were going out and jamming to like Neptunes and Timberland and... Uh, you could do that, you know, yeah. and that's what was being played at college parties along with a bunch of other shit. And this is 99 for everybody out there wondering, like, wait a minute, Neptune's Timbaland. Now, and this is to, 99 so Red, to 2003. Yeah, this all happened. This is all happening at the later end of that. Yep. I ran Red from 2003 to 2005. Okay. Yeah. Um, so, but yes, the scene that we're coming out of, I, I, I went to college in 99. Right. I think we did the same, same yeah. years. Yeah. Um, but the the this is like my post college I, I started working just the door of the red room which is the smaller bar downstairs when i was probably like 21 and then got promoted to uh managing the upstairs when it opened and i was probably like 22 23 so 2003 4 and then 5 is when i moved down here uh to la in that time we started this thing called red radio and the first one actually i just now remembered this it's called Born All Over. Red Radio Volume 1 is called Born All Over because it was released at my birthday party. And it also includes the song Born All Over, which we'll get to. But it, it was released at my birthday party. So my guess is that was probably my 22nd or 23rd birthday party that we did the release party for Red Radio Volume 1. And we we did these things up, man. We, we pressed up CDs. We got cool-ass covers. Uh, cover art, all that stuff. We should like if we're gonna post this, find a way to photograph them and hell yeah, hell yeah. Uh, and so 
Uh, it was me and a DJ who DJed there often, a guy named Jordy Cohen, who I believe is now an attorney. Is he an attorney? <laughs> Jordy, I remember Jordy from KZSC, KZSC days. Yeah, DJ and then good. randomly, quick, quick, quick sidetrack, randomly read, ran into him Sundance 2008. Nice. Like super random. Like what? What? Uh, <laughs> that's hilarious. It's, that's amazing. I think he's an attorney. I think. Yeah. We worked together at the record store, Logos. Um, right. And that's where we started realizing we both had this mutual affection for... Late 60s, early 70s, the soul specifically out of Memphis, right? Out of High and Stax. Um, and then the sort of lesser labels through that part of the South. Which um, is not my emphasis at all. Yeah. Was not, is not. I mean, now I'm starting to dabble more. Right, right. So yeah, you're a little more like a little later in, into the 70s, Hell a little later. more urban. Like, yeah. 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 And uh, I think this that my focus on that comes entirely out of RZA sample the shit out of Stax and High. So like makes they, sense. those Shaolin Soul compilations lead you to a bunch of Willie Mitchell and Booker T and MG's productions, uh, you know, and you've got David Porter written songs and Isaac Hayes written songs that have these like big strings and the really elegant horns and all that stuff that RZA fucks with, um, and like really uh, tight, clean blues influenced, pretty guitar, right? And uh, so he and I made one mix together, and we really liked it. And we were just like super proud of it. And then we redid that for Red Radio Volume 1. So a lot of the same songs are on it, but I added some things that were... Like, the jazz in this volume is a little more, like, if we're going to be honest to what the vibe of Red is, we need in a sentimental mood on this, which did not specifically fit the late 60s, early 70s Memphis. We need we had the, the four top song from when they were Billy Eckstein's backup singers. Yeah, I see. I didn't know that they were Billy... A, didn't know they were Billy Eckstein's backup singers. B... That's one of the few. I have like four tracks that I wrote down and made a note right here. I was like, how have I not heard these songs? Yeah, yeah. That shit. Uh, well, let's. Should we just go through it? Yeah. I mean, we could go one through one by one. I mean, yeah. I mean, because, yeah, the one that you bring up, the four top song. Okay. Maybe so, today. All right. Was, so to get, to get there very quickly, first track is In a Sentimental Mood. I imagine most people know that. Coltrane right. and Ellington. I think it's the prettiest piece of music in American history. Uh, it is prominently featured in Love Jones. <laughs> Which I haven't is, seen it in a minute. Yeah, but it's you know, it's like if you, it, it's it's sexy, um, and then I think so. Okay, this is that this is now coming back to me. This mix is the this is the conflation of two mixes. Uh, Jordy and I did the one together that was much more soul oriented. And then I did one about Red, and it went in a sentimental mood, which was a cheesy song, right? In a sentimental mood is not. Until you get Ellington seated at the piano, adding that dun, 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 like just that subtle, and you take the vocal the vocals out of it because the vocals are pretty cheesy. So Billy Eckstein has a rather cheesy uh, rendition of an sentimental mood that's you know big bandy and like all the all the stuff that kept me from really fucking with that like earlier vocal like line between jazz and what somebody like Frank Sinatra does, right? Right. Um, but uh, on that same, not on that same album, but around that same time, he did a version of Stormy Monday Blues, I think. So sure. yep. on my mix, the, one of the mixes that becomes this, it used to go Sentimental Mood, then the Billy Eckstein song, they call it Stormy Monday, but Tuesday's just as bad, you know. Uh, and then into the Four Tops, and it was like this in reference that like, yo, if you're dope and you know that the Four Tops used to back up uh, Billy Eckstein, we're just like, trickling through here sure but <laughs> that song is not that hot so 
it's the the version that we actually published or, or sold you know a few copies of is in a sentimental mood and then emotions by the impressions which is off the people get ready Al- yeah, LP. yeah 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 like phenomenal start to that song i mean so many of these songs i was like wait what how yeah. what emotions we tried to sample emotions hella times i think i think sam or i think sam made a beat out of it and i don't think we ever actually did anything with it maybe somebody did but it was that shit those horns at the beginning of that are phenomenal then yes maybe today which uh goes in a really jazz direction about halfway through like almost like a you yeah. know, like smiling, you know, like yeah. somewhat, but the start of it is just so languid and beautiful. Um, and that's part of, you can get these collections for a lot of Motown artists. They're like, uh, uh, the lost and found Marvin Gaye, the lost right, and right, found right. four tops, the lost and found whoever. Right. Um, and, uh, this, this is from, I heard this on the lost and found, four tops and it has maybe today and i don't know if that's how i don't know if it was originally credited to the four tops but uh that's the way that i was ever to come by it and it's just this beautiful really beautiful like sexy little uh intro and they're just styling and then it kind of transitions in the middle to kind of a more standard song of that day yeah you know now how did you because here's that that was like kind of one of my questions was because we just talked kind of touched on it when we're talking about you know discover weekly etc etc were you like a lot of these tunes just were you exposed to that when you were younger or was this when you got to Santa Cruz it was just oh what are you listening to oh check this out and and uh, like an exchange because that's something that's always the kind of genealogy of how one develops one's taste is always fascinating to me this is <laughs> so the 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 first step in the direction of soul music is chasing down samples uh, when I was getting into hip hop in high school, but this stuff, this level stuff, most of the stuff that shows up on here is out of working at Logos. So that. Logos is the used record and bookstore that has just recently closed on Pacific Avenue. Um, unbelievable opportunity that I got to bur- to work under just some insane record buyers there. DJ Tom LG, who himself did two volumes of Red Radio, was one of our regular DJs at Red. Was my boss at Logos, and to this day, like one of the most remarkable record collections that you can you know he'll dj in alameda he lives in alameda now you go see him dj and the whole set is like western swing or you go see him dj and it's all spooky stuff that he's playing at a tiki bar like he just and then he's got really deep uh soul crates too and then he was you know uh in his younger days he was like a big um electronic you know house music guy right trans and house so he's just exhaustive um but almost all the employees, even the record buyer dudes, I mean, the book buyer dudes at Logos knew a shitload about music. And you would go be talking, you know, you just, I'm this 20 year old kid that's like, you know, I really like um, the early uh, Isaac Hayes stuff, the stuff that Isaac Hayes wrote for Stacks. And then so invariably some old 40 something dude would be like, well, have you heard this? You know, and you just kind of like, go down that way and we'd always be playing music in logos and there was definitely a culture of like one-upsmanship 
you know, part of why we wanted to make Red Radio was that we were like, you know, it was it was a fun thing to impress one another with like whatever playlist we'd set up for the night or if you're a DJ and what you'd come in and play. Um, and we got like, um, man, I wish I could remember his DJ name. His, his name was Seth. And this dude had, he was the like king of just playing stuff that was just like, yo, what what is that? Where did you get that? And he would only play vinyl. He was like, I'm not going, like I have to find the record to play it. He was one of those like last of a dying breed cats. There, were, there, was, a, there was a time, like probably a year or two, maybe more than that, where I always had to get doubles. Yeah. <laughs> always had to get doubles. And when I would visit, or my dad would be like, hey, let's go to a record store, because he knew I liked records. Mm-hmm. And I'd find, and I'd get two. He's like, they're my treat, they're my treat. I'm like, are you sure? Mm-hmm. And I'd come back with like 20 records, but they're only literally 10, because yeah, they're all doubles. Yeah. And you look at me, why are you getting two? That's wild. Yeah, yeah. So um, so a lot of those guys that had built their record collections in that era in the 80s and 90s would just put constantly putting you up on shit. And I don't know if it was because, uh, you know, I was booking them and therefore paying them that they were totally down to share and help us learn. Or if it was just our enthusiasm as young kids, you know, like, um, so like me and Jordy here, and I think Jordy's the one who brought Seth into be DJ in there. And Seth ended up DJing on the most legendary night of red, which was the after party for a Talib Kweli concert in which he and his DJ took over the tables and he hosted the party through the DJs. You know, when you headphones like these, you can, you can MC through the... Yeah, uh, you can make the, a microphone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, yeah. My yeah. dad taught me that. Hell, yeah. Like, look, you just put it back in the microphone. It's a microphone. Yeah. I'm like, what? So we had Telequali ordering drinks over the PA. Like, not even rapping. Just, like, everybody having a good time. You know, like... And uh, I'm spacing on his DJ's name. He's from... He's not high-tech, but I think he is from Cincinnati. Um, and uh, he toured with, with Taleb for many years. And he was DJing. And this was, like... What year was this? I remember it was, like, Dear Summer had just come out. So we played that, and we're all just losing our mind. You know, that uh, uh, Summer Breeze. I think the Weld Nervin version of Summer Breeze is the sample there. Never heard that version. Woo! It's everything. Um, and then uh, the um, uh, any, and then the Watch by Ghostface, the 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 Barry White sample. Ghostface and Raekwon is one of the tracks that I think had to get taken off of Bulletproof Wallets for sample clearance. Oh, wow. But uh, it's just, it's like an absolute end-to-end burner. Ray, uh, Ghost argues with his watch and Ray plays his watch. That's amazing. So he played that, played Dear Summer, and like this dude Seth was the guy that we booked that night. It was kind of like, you could tell, just like puffing his chest out. And he started playing just like, he played like early Grandmaster Flash records, like off the actual fucking record. He played and just like tearing the dance floor up. And then he played Don't Look Any Further, which is the sample for Hit Him yep. Up. Talib Kweli is from Brooklyn. His whole crew is from Brooklyn. We're oh out in California. Gosh. He plays the sample for Hit Him Up. And all us white dudes just like, first off, fuck your bitch in the click you claim. West Side will be right. Like, 
and it was like a bit of a problem. We're just like looking over the middle of the party because we're like screaming the lyrics of the song and look over the middle of the party and just like screw faces across all these Brooklyn dudes. Uh oh. Yep. And I was just like, um, all right, like yeah, don't look any further. I was like, it's yeah. not, it's not hit them up, guys. It's uh, this is Dennis Edwards. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, but that was that's like the, I still run into people who are like, yo, I was there that night. It's, this is great. I mean, we've always been, our connection when we met and when we kicked it in college was always music. Because mm-hmm. in talking to you about this, I was trying to think of when we first met. I went on your radio show. I don't know if we met at a party or something before that. I but think I remember we did. going on your radio show for the first record, which I think came out in my either sophomore or junior year at college, which would have been right around 2000, 2001. That makes sense. Yeah. And that was Sayer and Samix. <laughs> yeah. That's right. That's yes. right. And I felt bad. I remember we played a track on there. I'm just remembering this right now. And you're like, oh, you'll totally get this sample. Because I was like a huge sample junkie back in college. Right, right, right. Trying to find every original possible. Is it the Nina Simone sample? It was the Nina Simone uh, sample. But at the time, I didn't know it. I had no idea. I was like, uh, I got life. I got life by Nina yeah, Simone. Yeah, ain't got no Yeah. Um, tight. That's uh, one of the almost listenable performances on that record. Um, but that was cool. That was like a real uh, Sam shot that up. And I think I brought him that loop. It's a, There's just big open keys at the beginning of that song. At the time, I think the only real legit Nina Simone loop I knew was Sinner Man. Yeah. Like the rest of the world probably at that point. Well, I that might have been pre-Get By. Yes, it was. That was probably pre-Get By. But, but yeah, I think that was still uh you knew that or you knew like the really safe verve like love your loving ways my baby just cares for me yeah uh and like if you were cool you knew like i want a little sugar in my bowl yeah i wasn't cool because <laughs> i didn't know it i didn't know it but yeah center man <laughs> the reason why i knew center man was um the the remake of the thomas crown affair from the late 90s, from like oh, 99. Word. Yeah, yeah. It's featured in a few movies. Oh, yeah. yeah. That yeah. was the one that I was like, I remember watching it and was just, oh, that's... Because it in the movie, if I remember correctly, it's just the piano and it's just the... And then it's, oh, yeah. This is the like most end-to-end burner song. It's just crazy. Like, and I feel like everybody encounters it at around the same age, right? It's like that early college, late high school, like, and it's just like, how is this not like canonical? You know, right? I, I think Get By might have made it. I think a you're bit right. more. Yeah. You know, like uh, now, I think it's like expected that you would know that song. Yep. Um, but that record, man, that that Pastel Blues album, uh, I don't even think Cinnamon's my favorite song on it. See, that's the thing. I don't even know that album at so, all. It's called Pastel Blues. It has Cinnamon. It has this incredible song called Be My Husband that uh, actually I that believe was on, shows up on one of the red radios. Yes. Um, it's just like her 
it's like percussion and her like smacking her lips and clapping and snapping so good. For, the, for the song for so the, good the track. um and then uh it also has her version of nobody wants you when you're down and out it has it's just like dope it's like nine tracks and it's freaking phenomenal uh that's probably my favorite nina simone record and like uh i mean obviously cinnamon is the like the track that people know of it now but it's got so many joints on it i think the next one after cinnamon would have to be sea line woman in terms of that kind of like bpm yeah or that kind of that kind of sea line woman you could play that like at a like just a, a sweaty dance party now yep. you know and yep. like you can appreciate it as being this poor poetic thing but that shit is also just a jam like that shit is just like sea line woman. That, it's that, so good that, that, that's, there's a few from that era right there's a uh, uh, you would know more funkier than a mosquito's tweeter. That's a good one. That's that's like dope as hell. There's one other I'm thinking of. So this this actually is part of why I thought this this podcast is such a cool idea. Uh, we so okay. When you're talking about media, right, whether it's anything, any medium, like written, auditory, movie, whatever, analog, the you have to literally physically hand somebody some shit or let yep. them borrow some shit, Yep. right? And there's a certain relationship to the past owner you have when you let them borrow the shit, right? So, like, if, if it's a book, the book naturally opens to the page they read the most or spent the most time on. They might have dog ears in there. They might have shit they wrote on there. And so you're like getting to know that person through the actual physical way the thing they gave you yeah. uh, feels and appears. Mm-hmm. Then there's the era that this red radio shit comes out of that like the uh, my buddy Stuart talks about like our generation's love letters or mixtapes. It's fantastic. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like that's I'm giving you a copy, right? So you don't know what my favorite part of all these songs are. But, and actually, to finish that point, if I gave you a record, if I let you borrow a record, right. you'd see which one I'd listen to the most. You could literally physically tell which track right. I'd listen to the most. And if, if I was DJing, you'd see where I spun it back hella times, right? Because there's analog on an analog thing, there's physical evidence of that. Um, on a VHS tape, if I had a favorite part and I rewound it hella times, that shit would crack and, and oh, that's you right, know, you'd, you'd wear see a out, ripple, right? right? right. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. there's like analog media there was physical obvious things that were sort of inescapable and would lead me to believe like oh abel loaned me this this fella cootie record i can tell the song i should check out right away because it's clearly the one that he's been bumping the most and then when you do you go to digital media it's a perfect facsimile with none of those fingerprints on it correct right so you allow that person to you're like i'm giving you all this shit and they get to have a little more specific and unique relationship to it right yeah, like they get to decide what their favorite parts yeah are. it's more like hey you should check this book out i'm gonna go to my local bookstore buy you the a book, new one right. buy myself a new one and think oh i wonder if this is the part right or just reading the book in general mm-hmm. like you get to imagine way more about it right you know which, and, and and then like bring something back to the conversation be like whoa i didn't get that at all out of there at all like, exactly I go back, right and then so that's like one. I'm not saying any of these are better or worse, right? Like the, the no, one's yeah, yeah. hella romantic, but the the and then now, like we almost like outsource that to these algorithms, right? Yep. Like which which are an algorithm is nothing but a collection of other humans' choices, yep. right? Like like a bunch of people who listen to shit you like, able like this stuff. You should discover it this week. Yep. 
right? Uh, but it's not as it, it tears up that love letter thing. Um, as I said before, like why I would have loved to present uh, a mix that somebody else made for me is the best thing about this shit is people putting you up on stuff. Yep. Right. And you do need to pay that forward. And and like in its best light, that's what we're, we're doing here is saying like, Hey man, this is all this stuff I've discovered in the last four to five years. Like you should be on this too. Right. But there's absolutely an element of peacock to it. Right. Where oh, it's just yeah, like, well, look absolutely. how fly I like you end up on this. When I found, you know? I found the, um, the sample for, uh, and I didn't find it. It was through once again Spotify, Discover Weekly, yeah. finding the sample for um, uh, Slim Shady. Yes, that shit slaps. Right. Um, I found that a year or two ago, maybe yeah. within the last year and yeah. a half. And it yeah. was like whenever people were, Woo, you know, put some music on, and I'd be like, check this out, because <laughs> it just it, it was just reminding me back in college. It was just obsession of, ooh, what's this, and yep. ooh, what's that, and yep. ooh, what's this. Yeah, yeah. I remember finding. Um, uh, is it MC Zach like they don't know that's off of Clifford Brown with strings? Boom, 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 boom. So that's like, there's music where it's like, I need to have this because it's the sample for whatever. And I've kind of let go of a lot of that shit. Like I've gotten read a lot of my records at different times in my life. And like, I don't need to necessarily have like every Cal Jader because there's a bunch of primo loops on it. Right. Or Claude Bowling or like some of this shit that is really not that fun to listen to for me personally. Even like Seals and Croft or something like right, that. Right, right, right. Like where there's, it's kind of dope music, but it's like, I'm not really probably going to throw that on unless I'm like actively trying to show somebody the sample. Right. And at this point, like Spotify can do that for me. Exactly. You know? And like, even then you're kind of like, unless I can loop it like Sweet Green <laughs> Fields, right? Like, yeah. That's the one sample I remember finding. We were trying to find forever at Logos. Yeah. Like every week, uh, <laughs> Seals and Crofts, I think, Sweet Green Fields, right? Um, for um, uh, the Busta Rhymes. I'm blanking on the name of the tune. Um, oh, shit. Let's find it. You got Spotify right there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that was the sample. I remember going into Logos and being like, I got to find the Seals and Croft. And I find I either. I either finally found it there at Logos or I just said F it and 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 ordered it online. Yeah. yeah but I'm yeah, pretty yeah. sure I'm pretty sure I ordered or I found it at Logos. Fine. It was like just searching. It was Sweet Green Sweet Green Fields and it's a bust of rhymes. Uh, I'll have it in seconds. Either either put your hand I think it's put your hands where my eyes can see. Don't 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 yep. that shit. Yep. All right. And and so it's hell of hard. It's hella hard at the beginning of this song, but then it goes looking back on the, da, 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 and you're just like, uh, and, yep, yep, and yep, like yep, you're yep. saying, just, fields. just playing it. It's like, I wouldn't really necessarily just play this to have it in the background. I would love to be able to actually loop. Yeah. Like I would actually love to be able to loop the beginning of this song. And that's the same thing with, with all these records. Yeah. Yeah. If you can hear it. You can hear that in the background. Oh, what? Have you heard this before? No. Get ready. You can hear the instrument, though. Already, yeah. right? That's so funny. That's, like, totally transformed. What? Like, the softest shit ever turned into the hardest shit ever. We'll just get ready. Leave it for the leave it for when it turns into <laughs> soft. It's hilarious. <laughs> yeah, that's, like, a perfect example of what I'm talking about, right? Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 just a little uh, like, uh, and that's it. Like when you were digging, that's like the dopest shit to find. It's like, yeah, I don't know, but like now, 
uh, I pretty much have just like pared my record collection down to shit that I actually don't listen to. Yeah, yeah. that's the toughest shit for me, man. I got so <laughs> many boxes. My wife is like, okay, what are we going to do with all these records? I was like, well, I got to keep them. Yep. I got to keep them. Yep. You never know. Just You just don't. Yeah. You just don't. Word. But anyways, back to the, the playlist. Um, so we did Maybe Today. Right. Then track four was I Believe to My Soul uh, by the... the um, Ray Charles version. There's a very famous Donny Hathaway version. More, more people know the Donny Hathaway version. The um, Ray Charles version is a little slower, bluesier, sexier, super dope. Um, this gets me to a point about the soul music that I love. Um, I think I, when I was first getting into this stuff, I was like, one of the things that's so interesting about the RZA and the other producers like him is they're taking this music, this soul music, that in order to be marketable had to sort of uh, paint over the pathos and the sadness in a way. Right. So that white folks weren't made to feel terrible. <laughs> Certainly with Motown, right? right like it's, of course. It's like uh, the same lyrics are heard by different populations in different ways. Like, you know, uh, Dancing in the Streets is like a protest song to some and just like a, a party song to others. And, uh, you know, the one Stand By Me is a love song, but it also says like, no, I won't be afraid just as long as you stand, as you stand by me. And you put that in the context of a freedom writer or somebody in the South, right? And it's like, if you get caught out here by yourself, you're going to die, yep. right? So stand by me. And um, that, uh, so, but, so to my like younger, prior to coming to that realization, I was like, oh, so it's dope that Riz is taking a song like, uh, as long as I've got you, which is basically just saying like everything's shitty in the world, but as long as I'm in love, you know, no fire is too hot, no snow is too cold, like, uh, I'm gonna be okay. And he turns it into this nihilistic, dark, minor creature, cash rules everything around me, you know, like, right. And, and none of the romance and none of the love. And like, so that was kind of how I used to think was like, you know, soul music is the most incredible, from a musical standpoint, the most incredible thing we've done, but it's, it's a little bit sugar-coated. You're not telling the whole sure. truth and hip hop right, right. is so real and honest and talking about the way shit really is, right? And not, not indulging the lie right and then uh come to discover that no like dumbass that's just the shit that hit that ended up in the big easy right <laughs> you know like uh and there's all this all people were telling the real truths and we're talking about being dirt poor and suffering yep. and all these things and um so that informed a lot of my tastes right like i like you know you've got uh otis redding being sort of the dude out of Memphis who made the stuff that people who fuck with the Rolling Stones and went to the Monterey Pop Festival could respond to in a way, although there's a lot of pathos in, in Otis Redding. But then you've got O.V. Wright working with almost the exact same musicians or in Memphis working with Willie Mitchell's musicians, and his shit is you can't hear that and not hear suffering. It's crazy, you know? man. Like The one track that I... Um I had heard but didn't really know who it was and then, of course, was super recognizable. It's not on this playlist, uh, but Syl Johnson is on the playlist a mm -hmm, few times. Mm -hmm. But is it because I'm black? Right, is, right, that's right, the, right. That song, man, yeah, it's yeah. like I put it on, I think, one of uh, – because every year I make playlists, like mm -hmm. Farewell, whatever year right, it is. Right. And that's just songs that were on heavy rotation during that year. And that was on – I think I want to say it was on 2015's heavy – like Farewell yeah. Yeah. playlist. And I was hesitant to put it on there for that very reason of like, well, I'm not, I'm certainly not black. Right. But it's such a dope song. Right. 
Right. But I mean, it literally is just like, right. Like, uh, are you somehow like this is yeah. this is a hurt? This right. is a is hurting it, is song. Necessarily, do you have a right to to? But it's you know it. it you wouldn't do that if it was a book, you know. It's not like you right. don't you you feel awkward telling people to read James Baldwin or Zora Neale Hurston, right? Right. <laughs> you know, um, but it, it is it's something about that with music and and be, I mean, the reason is is because the shit gets appropriated all the time, and you do have all these you know white interpreters and impressionists of those right. those artists that get over and typically make more money. Um, but the but yeah, so that that song comes a little later, right? And it and it comes. I, after I think there was a shift, right? You could even say like the shift is Watt stacks or the shift is the Watts riots, right? Like, right. Where you like, nah, man, we're not like Marvin goes from, you know, just too busy thinking about my baby yeah. to what's going on. Yeah. And Stevie makes, you know, a whole bunch of like music that does, that disobeys the two minute, 30 second radio format and oh, he's done. takes on real, uh, you know, the whole basically song. 70 through 76. You got, Stevie doing whatever the fuck he wants. Marvin doing whatever the fuck he wants. You have all these musicians that had been tightly reined in by James Brown going to work with George Clinton. He's like, eat this acid and do whatever the fuck you want. Right. You know? And, and so then I think a song like, is it because I'm black is of that time and, and probably could, you know, whether you call it a hit could find an audience in that. Time. And that's an excellent point. Cause then you have, hella artists doing that like the ojs mm -hmm. ship ahoy yep yep that album cover dude yep for yep. those that yep. don't i mean google it right now if you're listening if you <laughs> you should have the access if you're listening because it's on the computer <laughs> google ojs ship ahoy these fools are basically if i remembering off memory uh off, they're superimposed it's like a portrait of them literally on a slave ship like their faces mm -hmm. oh i think over the slave ship, and then like the back cover is mm -hmm. them on a shore mm-hmm just looking out in the ocean. Men, women, and baby slaves coming to the land of liberty. But life's design is already made. So young and so strong. Like hope wasn't a necessary piece. Yeah. Um, and hope is definitely a necessary piece in the big Motown hits. Right. Yep. Like, um, and then you see the shift of like, you know, I mean, fuck, you've got a bunch of reasons for it, right? Like 68, you have Martin Luther King being killed. You have riots in almost every major city, the rise of the Panthers. You have all of these, these things. And, and I think that gets mirrored in the music, but where this was focused was slightly before that or concurrent with that when the big hits of the genre were danceable and fun, the uh, the shit that this mix focuses on, um, and I think a song that perfectly illustrates is Everybody Knows by Ovi Wright. And it's Everybody Knows Catfish Got No Scales. Everybody ah, Knows I do remember this one. Cotton Comes in Bales. The Mississippi River, that deep and muddy stream, I just sit by the banks and fish while I dream. And it's like a far more stagnant the the the, the inertia there's not an inertia of progress right like it's not right. like it's not like uh uh you know i'm gonna get to the mountain it's not mountaintop music it's muddy banks music everybody knows catfish got no scale Come and bail. 
So, so yes, this volume one especially is very sad. And then you actually see it critiqued in volume four. I definitely think uh, our buddy Joe Peterson, who is also another KZSC Oh, dude, hell yeah. Uh, he did volume four, and it's called Tired of Not Dancing. Oh, shit. Which I think is uh, a shot at those of us who'd done the previous volumes and made all this sad music. And uh, also, he was a dude who liked to dance. And we he weren't, we weren't playing any music for him to dance to in the bar. So he... Uh, he may, I, I shouldn't say, he's still with us. He's still a dude who likes to dance. Right, absolutely. <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. I remember Nile Rogers in an interview talked about that he was never going to make like a what's going on. Right. He's like, eh, yeah. it's all about partying and having a good time. Right. In the midst of everything. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I don't, I, I have come around on that a lot. And some of that is just like, I couldn't dance very good back then. <laughs> you know, like, um, and it's like, you know what's fucking hella fun to do is like, be in a club with a bunch of beautiful women when Bodak Yellow comes on. Like, if you don't enjoy that moment, like, we can't be friends. I just think you're fronting if you're telling me that isn't a good time. Right. You know? And that was definitely something I had to learn. And it's part of, like, not needing to make money off music anymore freed me up to just appreciate that shit. Like, dude that was still trying to rap would have hated on Rick Ross till the death. I fucking love Rick Ross. (laughs) Like, Rick Ross has made a bunch of songs that I thoroughly enjoy and uh and and through that being like my entree into him i actually realized like oh wait a minute this dude can rap like this dude washed nas on a song we grew up doing graffiti now hollow heads getting heated seated in foreign cars constantly getting weeded proceeded to count profits i know they got on binoculars but fuck them all we ball until they come lock us up 20 to life i'm clubbing blowing 20 tonight we the mob bar molly mauling off through the night so that gets back to the technology piece too because you used to have to pay for all your music and so i would do this cost benefit analysis right like you know this dude's record like it's gonna have three it's gonna have the timberland joint it's gonna be hella high it's gonna have the neptunes joint and then it's gonna have a bunch of like track master shit that's kind of whack and and like and i don't know it's not really worth buying right you know like i would literally like debate whether i was gonna buy a jay-z record in the 90s you know what yeah Whoa, whoa 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 first of all all right everybody out there this man is wearing a Jay-Z shirt and has... My favorite rapper of all time. Exa- I was just yeah. about to say, has yeah. multiple multiple times has said that. Yeah. Um, hey, you deb- this is crazy to me. Yeah, this is because crazy in the 90s, me. it was like Wu-Tang and indie shit. You know, like yep. I, I, I was writing for a website called hiphopinfinity.com, which was the nerdiest hip-hop website on the internet in to 1999 and 2000. And... I I guess into 2001 because the moment when the blueprint dropped was what am I doing? Why do I care about these nerds right with these shitty beats and these multisyllabic rhyme patterns when there's still hip hop that's this good being made? It's really good. Yeah. And the album before that too, the the Dynasty album, it's got some filler, but it also is when you first meet Just Blaze 
as a producer. Uh, okay. yeah. And like just did the intro to that album. I think he did Soon You'll Understand as well. Then Kanye did beats on there. And I'm like, yo, these are joints. And um, and then in retrospect, I go, because the volume two and volume three were the volumes when I was a kid that I was kind of like, this is some commercial bullshit. Right, right, right. And in retrospect, like volume two's got Reservoir Dogs on it, which is just a fucking shaft loop with the locks and Jay blacked out on it. You know, like you go That's back crazy. and you're yeah. like, yo, this is, if Wu-Tang had put out this exact song with a record crackle on it. Right. And so being so anti like any pop back yep. then, any pop, yep. and I was all about. I remember spinning at house parties. DJing at house parties and putting on, you know, this I'd be Herb Alpert Rise. I'd, I'd be I'd be I'd be fine to do, you know, try just putting that on. And people come up to me be like, hey, could you put on some hip hop? And I just say, This is it. This is this is it. I don't know what your problem is. Just appreciate that this is what you're listening to right now. Uh that's such a dick move. I know. I was, what do you want? I was like, I was like, I was. Oh, like I would 20. do the exact same thing. People 20. would. We'd be playing shit like this, and like you know, girls would be wanting to dance at, at red, and I'd just be like, sorry. sorry, there's 15 clubs on on down here you can go to, and if you want to do that. Um, this is the soulful pirate ship. This is what this is. <laughs> um, and yeah, and so some of that is you just got to be true to your identity. So for the for like red, we were pretty stringent about that because it was just like no, because we also won't serve like you know the only ketchup we had was the one we made in house that had chipotle in it if you didn't like that you couldn't have ketchup you know what i mean and so it there's there's some level of self-definition that takes place via what you are not right um i tend to not be down with that i think you need you do the the best thing you can do is say what you are right right like i was always mad at that ndire song i'm not the average girl from your video oh my life right. is not determined by the price of my clothes so i was like so then what? Yeah. So what are you? Yeah. Right. Like, um, and we actually, we run into that. I work in the beer world now. We run into that now with all this consolidation shit. Uh, and there's a big thing of like, do we spend our time criticizing the golden roads and these like, you know, cheesy zombie brands that have been bought by these bigger brands? Right. Or do we just talk about what's dope about us? And I think you can do a little bit of both. I think that, that bullshit needs to be called bullshit. When it's yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. When right. it's so so blatant, yeah. But then you better be able to be called on your own bullshit too. And yep. I think that's where, like, a lot of the college radio DJs and the sort of hip hop they fucked with, I realized like this shit is just just has a different system of check marks. Yep. Right. Like where the the check marks that got you on mainstream radio were a Neptune's beat or a Timbaland's beat or Trackmaster's beat and a girl singing the hook yep. and you know bars about your two way pager. The shit that got you on college radio was a chopped up loop with one of six drum breaks and bars about what a good rapper you were. Yep. You know? That's right. And obviously, I'm still much more here for bars about what a good rapper you are. <laughs> right. Well, most people are. Most people are. And you could do, how clever can you do it? Right. 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 I mean, just when you said the female hook thing, I just, the immediate, the first thought that came to my brain was Black Eyed Peas. Yep. And their first two albums, they were all right. Yeah, they were like it was fun. It was cool, whatever. And then the second they brought Fergie into the mix, it was like, <laughs> see, for me, because like, I always fucking hated those dudes. 
see, I always hated those dudes. We did a show with them. It wasn't even me. I was just like lucky enough to be rolling around with a group called the Lifesavers who were signed to Quantum. I remember them. And they opened uh, for Black Eyed Peas of the Justice League, which is now the independent in the city. Okay. So at that time, it was probably the biggest day, biggest show I'd gotten to be on stage at anywhere other than Sanders. And uh, Peace from Freestyle Fellowship was there. Oh. So just like God, you know, like hip-hop bona fides beyond what he can rap could imagine and he can rap fucking lamert park like you know like as as bona fide a dude as there is right um and uh i think the thing i thought i forget how i even got a mic in my hand but i was on stage and i pointed in the crowd and i was like do y'all know who this is like this is peace from freestyle this is a fucking legend right here and after the show he kissed me (laughs) which was weird like dude is like terrifying in many ways and he kissed me on the cheek i was like all right um tight uh and then uh but even that show like i just like because lifesavers were dope like lifesavers were like if you if you care about like hip-hop industry bona fides and knowing your shit and being able to spit and being able to chop up records and deep crates like reverend shines from lifesavers crates is deeper than anybody he he got called because when do you remember bbe put out these beat tapes essentially like pete rock had one the pete rock was called pete instrumentals yes jazzy jeffs i forget what it was called yes he got a phone call and they were like yo we're clearing samples and jeff can't remember what he sampled for this can we play you the beat and he got tell us what he sampled and he said he got it in like six seconds he's like funky serenity ramsey lewis (laughs) and like (laughs) and uh so that's who these dudes were and the way the black eyed this is way pre Fergie, right? But the way the black eyed peas dudes like big timed the uh, lifesavers cats, and just how much doper lifesavers were on stage than black eyed peas, just made put a bad taste in my mouth. So I was always like, these are some fucking Hollywood ass squares. Doesn't that suck? And then, but then they became what they became, and I was like, I knew that shit from the beginning. Hollywood squares. Y'all were over here knocking, fucking falling up, and I was like, nah, son. Um, and, and and now it's gone like first circle where I put Will I Am as a producer in that like Neptune's field where like if I see Will I Am did a beat I'm gonna check that shit out yep because it might be jamming it might be yep. some bubblegum pop shit but like the shit he did on the game album I didn't see I didn't even know he produced for he the game produced he produced like just a, a a banger on the game album and I think it has a verse from Dre verse from Game and a verse from Cube it's just Jesus. fire yeah I'm spacing on the name of this. it's a don't trip, homie. Here for game. You know Kendrick Lamar's first, like my first awareness of Kendrick Lamar was the intro to the game album. Oh no shit! The intro to the Red album, I believe it is. Kendrick just blasts out, and they take the beat out, and it's just like who is that? In the midst of the high road blitz, my fingertips start to write. Get familiar with cut right. Cause I want that shot. I'm a raging bull with a need to drop. For the record, I'm a record. Even if my record don't pop, I'm a tie knot on a downtown building. Let it tow behind me, tell them they can find me in the dark with the ghetto children. Look at my heart, nigga. Fuck your feelings. This is me, Kendrick. And I wear pendant on my shoulder. Soldier, like a lieutenant. And the coop tenant got pulled over. Johnny always like a nigga down. Knowing damn well, we don't want to see the box like Manny Pacquiao. Little nigga made with a size. Ride like Pac in his prime. Thug life is now on radar Till the federal come through a radars Reminiscing when the L.A. radars What's in my home? Snap back fitted on my uncle's dome And I don't condone Dick riding I'm addicted to west siding Living in a city where the skinny niggas die And a semi really fly But it turned me to a lion Trying Man, go way off, off topic here But like We're in L.A. right now uh, 
so much of what the world outside of LA thinks of as LA hip hop comes from to, comes from NWA through G Funk. Oh, hundred percent. And like, there's so many other styles. Like even like Dub C, Mad Circle styles. Even like early Coolio. Like the way those dudes rapped, the alcoholics, the way those dudes rapped, and then yes, everything that comes out of Project Blowed. And then free, was, yeah, freestyle which fellowship, fellowship, right? Which you got okay. fellowship as as a part of Blowed. Um, was Medusa part of Project Blood, or was she her own kind of thing? I don't know if she. Well, so Project Blood was actually an event, so I'm sure she played at Project. Blood. Probably okay. Uh, and yeah, so there's that whole thing. You know, that's very like to me. That's off the the Karis One family tree, right? right? Like Medusa's sound. I don't root in L. A. But certain ways of rapping uh, that show up now in the TDE stuff. Uh, like if you hear J Rock, and you came up. Uh, or J-Rock or Absol, especially Absol. Like, Absol reminds me of Ab Rude and um, Self Jupiter as a rapper, which are the Freestyle Fellowship cats, just right, super right, right. styled out, right. super psychedelic drugs, right? And like, and people are like, oh, this is so crazy to hear these gangsters rapping about this shit. And I'm like, no, 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 dude, that's got that goes back it. to the early '90s in yeah, LA, yeah, right? Like, um, like curb serving dudes, you know, like and and. Dudes that were gang affiliated, but also taking psychedelic drugs and making avant-garde music, right? You know, and here we are again with that shit. Just the like on and off beat, uh, far less, you know, poppy for a different word way of rapping than you associate with G Funk, right? Like corrupt was a very atypical avant-garde rapper, right? 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 Who was associated with G Funk, but almost everybody else is really pleasing to the ear just on first listen right yeah, yeah, like yeah that makes Snoop, sense dre yeah, as uh cube you know it, it very straight ahead in the pocket um and then you've got like dude the absolute that abstract asshole like and just like that reminds me of of fellowship shit you know oh, hell yeah totally um and uh so I don't know. I don't know where we, what, what led me down that down that. That's route. what the, this. No peace. Talking about peace, peace. being in the show and fuck yes, black yes, eyed peas yeah. <laughs> and uh, really dope track off the the game album that uh, Will I am that Will I am produced <laughs> and going full like you said going full circle. But that's what the beauty of this is for is right. that that's what happens when you talk about music and and just create yeah this that, fucking conversation you know, could have a playlist right yeah it probably will be right, I, it yeah. probably will um, track down some old weird right. self Jupiter. So I'm just, A-team the, shit. One, uh, the, the one I'm remembering from A-Team was um, I'm a B-boy. I'm the real McCoy. Yeah. I'm talking all over like an almond joy. What's up, party people in the place to be? Gather around for a minute and check the MC. I really don't know what you expected from me, but I was born and raised to write over the BC. Me, yeah, and that shit is almost every dope rapper you can trace back to just old school shit. Like the shit you just said cool mode could have said yeah talking about right? how dope you are well but also mic. stylistically i'm a b-boy i'm a real McCoy. Yeah. i'm chocolate all over like an arm joy could it's totally just, be cold crush brothers right right fucking grave diggers arm to the leg leg arm to the head yo be the resurrect a resurrect a mental dead could be cold crush brothers. arm to the leg leg arm to the head yo be the resurrect the resurrect the mental dead deep to the r to the y m reaper as i get deeper than a grip resurrect kid don't go against the Yeah, man, we don't do enough talking about 
rhyming and spitting as an instrument and like that mastery and like those dudes in conversation with each other stylistically. Yeah. You know, um, like for me, the moment on Kendrick's new DNA when the beat switches and he starts yelling at Geraldo. <laughs> yes. Like, yeah, I so kind of Geraldo was like, this is why I say that hip hop has done more, uh, Damage, to hurt the black community. And racism, racism, right? That racism, that. Yeah. motherfucker. Yeah. You know that he's, you know that even that take is stolen from a black dude? Are you serious? Yes, that shit is, oh man, this despicable shit bird of a person. Uh, I forget his name, but he wrote for the New York, the New York Times let this dumbass write a takedown piece on Coates. And then you go back and you get the receipts on this dude. And he's like, he wrote a book about how like the love of a father in 700 books freed me from hip-hop culture huh. and so his whole thing was like hip-hop is the most damaging thing in the black community Unbelievable. And so so geraldo rivera saying some racist ass shit that he stole from a black dude doesn't even credit the black dude he stole it from <laughs> and then gets bodied by kendrick just i'd rather die than to listen to you like that well i say that to say that reminds me of the the illest krs like that moment is rappers are in danger KRS. Like the just like like screaming over the track. The it almost doesn't matter. I mean, what's happening behind it musically is dope as fuck, but it almost doesn't matter. Right. Like if you like all everything you need to know comes from the performance of those words. Not even necessarily what's said, but just like that shit like uh like my DNA in a your DNA in abomination. Like that shit is like that took me back to a 1994-95 uh, righteous anger in hip hop that I right. had not heard articulated in that way in a long time. It's been it's yeah it's it's cyclical in terms yeah. of what's going on right now yeah. with that. Well, and also the I think it was really good for hip hop when the bubble burst and nobody's gonna nobody's gonna do the Nelly numbers anymore. Nope. You know, you got an artist like Jay-Z that used to need to be, you know, but I did five mil. I ain't been rhyming like common sense, right? right. Like, well, you're not going to sell five mil anymore. Nope. Or maybe you are in some weird digital metric, right? But you don't need to do it in the way, you don't need to follow the formulas that lead you to people going and dropping $17 on a physical CD. Right. Which, that was the way the whole industry did, and everybody was trying to do it, and it fucked up a lot of artists. Yep. Like, we never got a great Royce the Five Nine album, you know, because he was trying to find a way to do Eminem numbers. Right. I just think there's a better relationship to music when people can put out a six song album, if that's what's right, or a 40 song album like Big Crit just did. Right. Uh, or, uh, I'm, you know, I'm going to drop something every six months or I'm going to drop every, it's like, it's like whatever's right for the art. That's what's going to come out. Right. You know, and maybe that's a little, you know, that's a little starry eyed. It's but. super starry eyed, but at the same time, people completely acknowledge it. And I think bringing us back to this playlist, mm -hmm. I think that's what makes this music so timeless mm -hmm. and what made it so, I mean, I guess it wasn't popular in the sense that it, you know, uh, <laughs> crossing over with a double cross. Um, <laughs> but in that sense, yeah, maybe it wasn't as popular. But now that it's so timeless is because of that is because the melancholy that we were talking about earlier, mm -hmm. you know, provides that catharsis and it, it is rooted in this honesty that's the right that's the exact right word and that's it and that's and that's what we completely You're not appreciate. trying to get over on somebody no it's yeah. like this is what i'm talking about this is what's important to me even if it is having a good time you know what i mean like even if it is honesty is always laudable in art completely honestly 100 dude even if it's some honesty that i'm not trying to hear like i am <laughs> I hate the show Girls. You do, yeah. Uh, 
I've never. I don't I think I've ever like seen an episode. That's but Lena Dunham being honest. Yeah, probably. Right. A like, lot of people relate to it. Yeah. And I remember me, like I said earlier, just anti-pop because it was like sell out, sell out this, sell out that, right? And now, especially, you kind of understand whether it's acknowledging like Will I Am produced it and he made he made banger beats, whatever, right? Yeah. Or the fact that you acknowledge, well, you're just an artist and if someone, you know, if Pepsi came to you and said, hey, we'll give you $150,000 if you made this commercial mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. just were like drinking on a couch and then, you know, you're watching a music video. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, okay. So that's, so there's art and commerce when they're separate and there's art and commerce where they converge. Right. I am pretty much down for Vince Staples making Sprite commercials. Right. So that he can make the artsy ass, like dope ass straight up hip hop that he makes. Right. If that's what Led's, um, yeah. Yeah, you absolutely. Know? And, uh, you know, fuck. What's the KRS one like? Rule number three may sound contradictory or funny, but artists must have different ways of getting money. You know, like, get, and it, it, I think it comes to like, you know, if you don't, you know, if you're making money outside of music, the art of hip hop, you won't abuse it. I, I massacred the line, but it's something like that. Like, you know, and hopefully, you know, we can have like a macro capitalism conversation about like what it means that Beyonce is pushing Pepsi. Right. right. But, uh, but if it's like I don't need to worry about money now, right? Like the most greatest thing is to just not worry about money from jump. Yep, but that's a lot easier said than done. Yep, right? Like, uh, but once once you reach that point of just like can't tell me nothing, money, right? Yep. Like, then what do you do? Yeah. Right? And that like that's when you should be fearless as fuck. Um. So that uh that I mean that's that's a lot of conversation, man, about a lot of music, and we barely got into the red radio word volume one but that's but that's how it is word we should go out on the, the song i touched, touched a little bit which is heart full of love which i still think might be my favorite song ever and this is one of the moments when i heard the song i was standing at the front of the store it came on i ran back there and so when we set out to make this i knew the first track was going to be in a sentimental mood which i just think is the prettiest piece of music ever and the last track was going to be heart full of love which i think is the like maybe the best song ever it's a group called the invincibles yeah. We're going to go out on that. Uh, Sayer, I mean, shit, man, we could talk for days Indeed. about this, which is dope. And uh, realizing I don't do, A, I don't do this enough and talk music with Word. my friends. And B, um, thank you for uh, kind of just lighting the fire under my ass to actually do this, po- do this, this podcast. podcast. Do this podcast. Can we set some of these other DJs down? I'm gonna I'm I'm going to make and you can share it on a on a whatever feed you want to. I'm gonna yeah. make each each one their own files and as much as Spotify can replicate them.